0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Yes, indeedy. Hello,
2: my friends. God bless you, and welcome to Come Together San Diego. And you can tell from the name of the show, our heart cry here is to encourage people to come together with uh, the vision of the Lord and uh, work side by side with one another and vertically with the Lord himself. And today's show is going to be remarkable because I'm going to be bringing on a person whom we have visited with over the years, a man named Chad Stewart. He's a visionary um, and he has this Uh, vision of creating an entity, we'll just call it an entity because it's much more than just a book or a book series. It's called Britfield and the Lost Crown series. It really is a transforming strategy to bring uh, literature together with education and bring encouragement to children and their families worldwide. But it's also carrying the good, strong moral values that so many other pieces of literature, books, movies, and uh, videos miss so i want to bring chad back on and give us an update we've been doing updates through the years chad stewart how are you
1: i'm doing great thank you so much for having me back on
2: it's a pleasure i you know we've been talking through the years on what's been going on and uh britfield in the lost crown britfield and the lost crown series and now we're talking about not only uh, a book but books plural we're also talking about movies plural a theatrical play <laughs> uh, global tours and so forth why don't you uh give us kind of an overview uh m- many of the people may not recall the multiple interviews we've had in the past but chad get, give us an overview of the who why what where, when and how of chad stewart and sure. uh then we'll dive into your vision and how that vision impacts your faith and the faith of others
1: chad stewart yeah and i think I think vision is really, really, really important. And uh, it's funny. I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in Wellesley, Massachusetts for about 16 years. Uh, Did my undergraduate and graduate work. Uh, I was a British literature major, European history, and then got into business. And it was about 12 years ago. uh, I was an investment banker and uh, was sent down to this really boring um, seminar in Providence, Rhode Island. And I started to drift and I started to doodle. And I doodled just a very simple picture (laughs) It was a circle, three lines, a basket, a boy and a girl, and I wrote The Boy in the Balloon. And I thought, huh, that would be kind of a fun story. And for some reason, this whole idea came to me. And that weekend, I just on one piece of paper started to outline this story about two orphans, 12 years old, Tom and Sarah. I wanted it to take place in England, uh, present time, starts up in Forkshire, Northern England at this horrible place called Latterley Orphanage. Tom's been an orphan his whole life and he's been there for six years and this is the year he, he's going to escape. And that was kind of the gist of the story. And I started to, to outline it and then sat down and, and wrote it. It took me four years and 2,500 hours to complete it and lost crown, which is 384 pages. And when I was beginning it, I was just doing it as a creative outlet. I was, I just needed to get back into something creative. And I think we're all like that uh, We are kind of born creative. Right. And, uh, and yet we get into our sort of routines or our job or our business or whatever it is. And it's like creativity is so, so important for the mind, for the body, for the soul. And, uh, and we all have that creative capacity. And it's just because you're going to write a book doesn't mean you need to be an author or you're going to play a musical instrument doesn't need to mean that you can be a musician. It's just really, really healthy and good to do it. And so that was kind of my creative outlet. And as I was getting into the store, I didn't, I didn't think of it as a series. But I'll never forget that night, and this comes back to what you said about vision. You um, can call it a God moment <laughs> Yes, because uh, c- it was. It was very profound. And I was uh, at a friend's, um, uh, it was like Sunday night, and I, and I had took the, the one page with me with the outlines, and I was in her uh, kitchen as we were preparing a meal, and it came to me of what Britfield was going to be and how big it was going to be and the impact that we would have globally. And it was just just a, an incredible um, vision and moment that didn't make any sense because number one I didn't want, you know I didn't want to be a children's author you know like yes. there was never a goal uh, number two I'm I'm not married I don't have kids so it was so outside of my realm but I think if you look back on on so many different callings in people's lives that's usually the way it happens and to me in some ways that's almost almost gives it its legitimacy it yes a yes
2: yes hey you. chad by the yeah. way you mentioned your faith a few times along the way there why don't you give us an overview on how your faith in the lord and this vision uh through what you're calling the britfield institute uh share common space
1: yeah i think i think it uh it's like without it uh you know i'm sure i would have crumbled and so it's um God tends to ask so much more that's inside us, and yet it's there inside us. And so, I think it has been a—it's uh, been a hard journey. So, from that moment in the kitchen, if you will, to sitting down and spending four and a half or four years and uh, twenty-five hundred hours writing it, and then from from launching it, uh, it took over ten years. Wow. And so, that was ten years of dedication, commitment, um, you know, trials and errors, patience, <clears throat> timing, defeat. Um, just, just overwhelming odds, really. In, in, other, in
2: other words, uh, you're kind of illustrating the challenges of being a Christian from your perspective, all the challenges of uh, perseverance and things like that. Uh, so I've had a chance to stroll through, you know, particularly your first portion of the series, and uh, uh, good, good values, good work ethic, uh, and wholesome stories. And this is something that, while you're not... Uh, pounding the pulpit basically with the words but uh, this is quite an education a wholesome education and deals with geography and other topics as well so what ha- what started out to be the uh, uh, a single book uh, uh, you know writing turned into britfield and the return of the prince book 3 <laughs> why don't you right. we've got about 3 minutes or so in this in this segment i would like you to kind of give an overview of one facet, and we'll go in. You've got about several, several facets we wanted to cover in this uh, sure. first hour, so I'm going to allow you to kind of give the overview of the Britfield and the Return of the Prince book three, and then kind of give me some of the uh, other layers attached to the vision.
1: Yeah, I'll say this, too. Once we uh, we released uh, Britfield Lost Crown in August 2019, since then it's become a, a national bestseller. In fact, it's, it's outpacing and outsold uh, most of the all-time classics already. Um, and it's on its way to outsell Harry Potter and, and in the next 10 years. That's how big this, this wow. book is in the series. Yes, It's one of the most awarded books in children's fiction. We, we launched um, Brickfield and, and uh, the Rise of the Lion last year, July. That was book two, which takes place in France. And then we just launched in September, uh, Britfield and the return of the Prince, which takes place in Italy. And that's a 575 page book.
0: <laughs> oh my.
1: So, wow. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's an exciting journey. It's going to be a seven book series followed by seven movies. Um, and then when we come back, we could probably dive in, we could talk a little bit about, uh, Britfield and the return of the Prince. Obviously I'm very excited about that. And then the play, or you can transition how you want to, but uh, the play is coming up, uh, next, uh, next weekend. <laughs>
2: yes. Well, I, here's what I'd like to do. We've got about yeah, a minute yeah. and a half left in this Perfect. in this segment, but uh, I want to spend a little bit of time. You know, Shakespeare once said, "The play is the thing." <laughs> yeah. And uh, in many ways uh, you could think about uh, this uh, uh, Britfield series from the Britfield Institute as being uh, multiple facets and the play is one of the things involved in this. So, in the next segment, I want you to blend what you would like to about the actual uh, the actual book of Pritfield in the Return of the Prince Book Three with the vision for the Britfield play, and we'll use that as a springboard into the, so many other things um Any other quick word of wisdom we've got yeah. about sixty seconds left, and I'll let okay. you use this, and then we'll go into the break,
1: okay, great yeah, so I think I think what, is, what the book has become uh, it's been a national movement and now now a global movement, and our beachhead has always been schools and and education. And it's also been specifically elementary and middle school, which we have a great heart for and great love for. And we started a uh, national tour back in 2019, ended up driving 9,000 miles, visited 23 states, visited over 180 schools, and presented in front of more than 40,000 students just to inspire them with creativity and writing and telling them my story and letting all of them know that they have a story, and, and also letting them know uh, of how, how hard it's been for me. I mean, it's taken 10 years, so it's not kind of a flashover substance statement that you can do anything you want. You can, but anything of quality takes time, and I really let that resonate with them. But our impact on education has been great on schools, uh, homeschool groups. In fact, we did an interview yesterday with a, with a, a local homeschool uh, network, and it feels like a perfect fit for that. Oh, yes. To be taught taught in the classroom. We have an 83-page study guide to be able to teach it chapter by chapter. So education has been a huge impact for us, and now with the play, which we can return to as another vehicle, another creative uh, uh, vehicle to, to bring into the into the classrooms oh, and yes. the schools uh, throughout the nation. So, yes.
2: Chad, Chad Stewart, what, one of the things, I have an ulterior motive in bringing you on for this hour as well, and that is for, sure. uh, for your story to be able to be uh, – assimilated by our listeners and say hey i can do something too because you can god can give you something that's completely unique as you'll hear about this uh, britfield institute vision of chad stewart totally unique but what is god going to do with and through you as well we'll consider that and other things when chad stewart of uh, britfield institute comes back and talks about a play and so many other things when we come right back
0: this is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on k More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on k Here's Cass Taylor. Well, welcome
2: back my friends. I have got a visionary, a man who uh, took on a task that was gigantic and he allowed the Lord to help him break it into bits and pieces that are doable, and all of a sudden now he's got a major hit on many fronts, and his name again is Chad Stewart, and he's, uh, I would say, a visionary, and I would say that uh, he really has a heart for educating children and their parents, and he uses a theme, Uh, it's it's called the uh, Britfield series, or the Britfield Institute And uh, we're talking a little bit about some of the things that he's doing, and we're going to talk a little bit about his play and so many other things. But this is meant to be an inspiration for you because, my listening friend, how often has God given you stuff and you go, yeah, that was three years ago, and it's still on a piece of paper somewhere. God wants you to transform that, especially in these days. He wants to take your skill set and make it a glorification of him in your actions and your life and your lifestyle. So I'm going to use—I'm taking advantage of Chad Stewart to use him as an illustration for this. Before I get to Chad, I want to share with you, Come Together San Diego has a website for me, and you can send me a note on this website and tell me, hey, I love the shows. I hate the shows. I have an idea for a show. Any of those things, I want to hear about it. And the way that you can reach me is by, write this down, Come Together San Diego at KPRZ.com. Come Together San Diego at KPRZ.com. Write me a line and say, like this, don't like this. I have an idea for that. And who knows? You may be on the air like uh, Chad is on the air with me now, Chad Stewart. Let's talk about the play is the thing, but incorporate some of the things we've talked about a little bit with your third in the book series, Britfield and the Return of the Prince. I'm going to hand it to you, and uh, I'll tell you when we get close to the end of the segment. I, I don't okay. have to. I don't. I don't have to. I don't have to tease you very much about saying things. I just ask a question. I can go take a break and come back when you're done. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go yeah, ahead,
1: Chad. No, um, um, <laughs> I did want to add, too, that, that uh, through this, uh, this this journey, if you will, and especially in the last couple of years, we've, we've uh, partnered with an incredible retail company that's in 55,000 schools throughout the United States and uh as of last easter they decided to make bitfield and lost crown their number one book for middle schools and so they've started this massive um campaign and program and have uh, purchased over 30,000 books that are going to schools quite a few title 1 schools uh in the uh, southeast and they uh they, they're just uh, putting in another order for 75 thousand books it's actually a bind up it's book one and two so it's 150,000 books that next year will be going out to thousands of schools throughout the nation so so it's really just been it's been extraordinary it's been amazing it's been a huge blessing it's been a lot of hard work oh absolutely like yeah, yeah a lot of patience i did i do want to read you one sure. thing um Real quick, because I got this last. So we've we kicked off, you know, our, our, our school tour, but we're really just still doing uh, virtual tours now, which is great. In fact, we did our first school in Australia four weeks ago. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, so it was a—it's called a virtual author visit. And that was pretty cool. So we're kind of moving out now, globally. But we've had a, a really great chance to do a few schools locally, um, and we've got another school coming up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in the next couple of weeks, and. Uh, we mailed them a bunch of uh, field books. You know, the biggest start to kind of distribute and get kids prepared. And I got this from the librarian uh, last week, and she said, uh, "Good morning. I wanted to share with you the experience I had yesterday. We had an eighth grade uh, grade student named Preston, who is a very reluctant reader. Countless teachers and librarians uh, before me have tried to get a book in his hands for years. Aside from the occasional graphic novel, this child has never read." Book without pictures. Yesterday I had afternoon carpool duty. His mother saw me, rolled down the window and shouted, You're the teacher that finally got my son to read, all because of the Britfield book.
2: Oh, she my. told
1: me this is the first book he has read and enjoyed his entire life. He devoured it in a few days and they've gone on to order books two and three. Oh my and I just That's thought wonderful. Yeah, and we and we receive quite a few of those types of um, feedback. And I think again, too, you know, the Lord's doing so many amazing things. It's like I saw this as a fast-paced adventure novel kids would love. It's based on family values, friendship, loyalty, courage, and faith. Uh, it's educational. So as kids are reading it, they're learning about history, geography, art, architecture, and oh, culture.
2: I love it. You know, Chad, Ch- 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 I. Yeah, I knew okay. I knew you had something because I interviewed you uh, one time several years ago, and uh, I went to a restaurant that afternoon yeah, or had. the next day, <laughs> uh, and I'm sitting at the table with my wife, and there's this young man reading uh, your first Britfield book, uh, Britfield and the Lost Crown, right there in front of me, and and <laughs> and, and the mother leaned over and I, as I was looking at the, the son, and she goes, "I can't have him put it down," and I said, "I just interviewed the author of that book, <laughs> that it was so." I mean, so telling.
1: Yeah, we, we, we've said it's more than a book; it's a movement, and it really is this generation's book series. But it's interesting too. Last week, my sister texted me um, uh, her um, her husband's uh, sister, who lives in Kansas. Um, they posted they posted the, the Britfield play, which we'll talk about in a minute. And she just posted it. You know, she lives in San Diego, so she just posted it on her on her Facebook site. And all of a sudden, the sister said, "Oh my gosh!" She goes, "That's your off op- that that they, uh, you know." Cr Stewart is your Brother, she's like, oh my gosh! She goes, I'm a homeschooler, and someone just recommended Britfield and the Lost Crown uh, for my kids to read, and this is in Kansas, and it was just like these serendipities. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, just love it, love it, love it, all over. But anyway, yeah. So the um, so we we launched Britfield and the Return of the Prince uh, in September, and I'm very excited. It's 575 pages. We've had um, exceptional. Uh, reviews already and feedback. Um, again, I don't know how kids do it, but I've had some that have read it uh, in a weekend. And frankly, I couldn't read five <laughs> pages if I tried. Um, but I'm, it's a lot of fun, and it's great, and it's 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 just a, a powerful, powerful story. As the story continues, Tom and Sarah are now fourteen years old, which is exciting for me as an author. So they started at twelve, and then in book two they were thirteen. Now they're fourteen, and 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 we all know, you know, uh, youngsters at that age, every year is like a decade. Uh, so it is. It's it's huge to go from from 12 to 13, 13 to 14, and so it's a lot of fun to sort of they're a lot more you know grown up now, if you will, uh, a lot more mature. I think they're more independent now um, uh, than they were more dependent in book one and two, and uh, it's exciting. So it takes place all through um, Italy, uh, starting up in uh, uh, Lake Lucerne at the private uh, academy called uh, Devonbury Academy and then they're all on the run again and, and uh, goes to Lake Como and down to Genoa and then uh, the main the main story is in Florence, Rome and Venice and oh, uh, you can only imagine how wonderful oh, Absolutely,
2: is. absolutely. Well, well, we've got about three minutes left in this segment and okay. we want you to talk a little bit about the theatrical play and then things sure. beyond that, but we only got three more minutes or so in this segment.
1: Chad?
3: I, I think I I'll
1: say this, too, you know, for for the listeners, too, that um, there's something really extraordinary um, when the Lord gives you an idea or an urge or a vision to do it, and uh, especially when you don't have the wherewithal, and and usually not the money. And you just, you take that leap of faith, but as Christians, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Absolutely. And so I've had quite a bit of fun um, really walking on the edge, if you will, and just going for it. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. By
2: the way, why don't you give a quick uh, website so that people can, during the break, they can dig into
1: to your oh, material. sure, yeah. So it's just, it's it's Britfield.com. So it's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D.com, Britfield.com. award winning website has a book, pictures of England, uh, our books, it has interviews, it has our school tour. You can see some of the pictures and comments from teachers and stuff. But, yes, um, and the and, play. And so, yeah, and so that's just what we've been doing. You know, we've been walking with that type of faith. And it was last year uh, that a theater director at uh, Mission Meho Christian School, of all places, um, told me, she goes, hey, did you ever think of uh, turning Britfield into a play? And, and quite frankly, I, I didn't. I always saw it as a movie, which it's becoming, um, but I never thought about a play. And then that, that idea resonated, and we pulled the trigger last um, October, and we started to transition it into a two-act, 90-minute play. It took about six hard months of work. I pulled together a, a team of, of just very talented people, uh, everything from the sound effects to uh, the director's notes to all the visuals. And um, and so uh, next week, uh, Michigan Christian School, October 14th and 15th, and the 21st and the 22nd, you can actually see the Britfield play live at Michigan Christian School. And I really, <laughs> really encourage you to, 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 to drive up there and, and to check it out. This is, this is, a, this is a, um, a historical moment because this is really just, it's a pilot. You know what I mean? This is the first school that we're, we've done it done it at the kids are extremely talented uh they're so excited they know the story michelle uh, shoemaker she's the art director the, the theatrical director she's an amazing talented woman she took this thing on you know and she's helped me a lot in crafting it and um, we're excited because um after the release of this, you know, over the next couple of weekends, uh, we'll kind of retool, refine, and then this thing goes. This thing goes mil- national and global next year to over 100,000 schools, oh elementary and middle schools. You
2: mentioned the so word glo- global here too, and uh, yeah, Chad, Chad Stewart, I, Chad Stewart, I, we're going to talk more about that as well because uh, beyond you know the, the books themselves and beyond uh, the play and so forth and uh, ideas for movies and things like that. We're talking about a global tour, and this is going to be dealing in areas of Europe, Asia, South America, and other places as well. Um, I, I'm about ready to take a break on this, but I want my listening friend. I want you to pay close attention on when God gives you the a vision, He uh, gives you the tools as well. But sometimes He doesn't give them, all, download them all at the same time. Maybe it's one or two steps or one or two years. But be faithful and watch what He does with and through you. Chad Stewart and I are going to be talking about global book tours and other things when we come right back.
0: More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Hello, my friends. I want to use this first hour to encourage
2: you to become a visionary uh, in your own life. God's given you things And you can call them visions, and the Bible talks about write the vision to make it plain upon tables. Here's a man who has been a visionary, and he has taken his vision and written it upon tablets, (laughs) but he's also written it on play sheets, and Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, he's going on tours and things like that, Uh, not only tours around a city or the state or the nation, tours around the world. I want to reintroduce you to Chad Stewart. He's a remarkable man. And uh, he, hes I would call him a premier educator for children and their parents. And uh, why don't we uh, jump right back in, Chad, because it's time yeah. for you to share some other insights about what's going on with you as it relates to tours. We talked a little bit um, uh, about the writing of the books and plays. Now, how about this global book tour? What does that entail? Share that with us, because we want to, at the last portion of your hour, you have to tell us <laughs> about the movie series man sure. oh man oh man so chad lay it on us
1: yeah okay great well to, to, to kind of wrap up uh with the uh the play we're really excited about that that'll go na- uh, national and global next year and uh what's so fun about it is that it's it's a uh uh it's, it's a real story it takes place in real places it's not a musical and so many of these uh, elementary schools are doing the musicals which is if you will alienating a lot of the, the students that just want to go out and act you know, or be in a play, and so what's great about the Richard Lost crown two act ninety minute play is that it's got roles for for over twenty five students, and uh, it's very interactive. Uh, there'll be a balloon that's in it, which is very cool, uh, with the basket and everything. Uh, storm, storm, you know, storm scenes, visuals, sound effects. Uh, it's going to be an incredible package for schools, and we've done it and designed it in, in such a way that. Um, even for schools that don't have theater programs, uh, they could still they could still host it or put it on. They could put it on in a room or they could do a read-through. So, so we're really excited about that. And then um, next year, uh, probably starting in April, is uh, we'll do a, a six a six to eight week tour in um, uh, Britain, in Scotland, and Ireland, which is going to be part of a global tour for the Britfield and the Lost Crown series. Uh, we, we're positioning it there in England because of the London Book Fair. So it's going to be huge for us. Oh my. Um, yeah, we've got a, We've got an amazing um, literary agent who's selling foreign rights. Uh, we sold our first foreign rights last year to Poland, which we're so excited. We love Poland. It's a great country. In fact, it's been uh, one of my focal points for 18 months because it's going to be our beachhead for Eastern Europe, and we believe that we're going we're to do extraordinary things with Bitfield and Lost Crown in Eastern Europe. Um just as a story. It just resonates. It's about family, family values, triumph over tragedy, David and Goliath type of story. And so it's really going to resonate with the readers of Eastern Europe, different countries. We're going to do extremely well in Poland. We'll do extremely well in Romania and Hungary. Um, and then we've got uh, about eight or ten other countries uh, that are lined up, interested. We got approached last month from uh, South Korea. Uh, that wants to wants to publish all three of the books and um and so we're excited about that and and it's funny too because south korea is our beachhead for asia and the asian market um we actually have uh mexico we have uh two companies in britain two publishers in britain um france italy germany south america uh, russia yeah um yeah just all all over and we're coming up to the book uh the frankfurt book fair in october uh in the next uh, week or so and and so we've got a great table there my agent's going to be there with the britfield series and so we're hoping to lock in you know and close 8 to 10 15 20 countries just this year oh uh, in international in international right sales and I, I say all that because that leads into a lot of the, what we're going to be doing at the book tour and so i'll be in um i'll be in great britain which will be so much fun and um Uh, I'll be there for the London Book Fair and then just on the road, if you will, driving all the way up to Scotland and then driving through Ireland, coming into schools, uh, doing presentations, getting kids inspired about creativity, about writing, about storytelling, and sharing the story of Britfield with them. And then um, we're planning on an Eastern European tour next uh, September and October, starting in Poland. And Poland will be our beachhead for Eastern Europe, and we'll do uh, 12 countries in um, uh, eight weeks.
2: Yes, I, I was in Poland um, not long ago. When I went to Israel, I went via Poland. I can tell you the people are remarkable there. They're compassionate yeah. and friendly. Uh, I, I loved them.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're I'm excited. I'm really excited. We were we were hoping to do it this year, but obviously with all the, the sure. turmoil. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but so so definitely next year, and then uh, then from there we want, we're going to plan on an Asian tour and then we're going to plan on a a South uh, American tour and then uh, probably a tour in in India. So uh, it'll be probably five to six tours over the next two and a half, three years. Part of it will tie in, obviously, with Britfield and the series and everything and education and creativity. But uh, 18 months out from the launch of the first Britfield movie is when we'll tie in our global tour. And it'll probably be the biggest uh, campaign and tour for a movie in cinematic history, we're anticipating that the Britfield movie will be one of the most successful movies in cinematic history, um, based on the story, based on the research, based on the statistics. It's very interesting because um, we've been following Top, you know, Top Gun Maverick uh, since its release. <laughs> yes. And um, and and we were just excited. We were excited with that movie because finally there's just a, a, a feel-good movie that's not peddling some kind of crap and agenda like most, most every single thing that comes out of Hollywood. It's just a good movie, guys being guys, you know, um, triumph over tragedy again, just a clean story that parents could actually take, you know, their parents to go see it. And, uh, and they were smart to do that. And, it, and it's now uh, nearing the top 10 top grossing movie in, in world history. And it's the fifth highest domestic uh, film in cinematic history. Yes. Um, for, from a simple story. You know yeah. what I mean? And we were just watching it stay in the theaters. We've watched people go back. Um, I have a really good Christian friend in Colorado. He's like, yeah, I saw it twice because I haven't seen the movie in a the theater twice since Grease came out with John Travolta. Oh, my. So so when I walked out of that movie, like we've always known that Britfield and Lost Crown was going to be huge. And I mean, Titanic huge. I walked out of that movie and I thought I thought, wow, I thought I thought I thought. I thought Griffin Lost Ground is going to be bigger than even even I had anticipated because it has that sort of massive impact. It's what it's what country and the world is hungry for, you know, real, real, real values, you know, um, just a clean, good, feel good film, a film that kids want to go back and see five, six, seven times. It's a film that parents can take you know, can take their kids to grandparents can take their their grandkids to. Um, And it has that kind of lasting, lasting ability, but I just think it's going to be unbelievable. I don't think Hollywood knows knows what's coming. So, um, so yeah, so we're really excited about that. We're in the development stages of that. If all goes well, I always kind of tend to push the date, but if all goes well, uh, it could release December, 2024. So, you know, this whole global tour will start to tie into um, also the promotion of the of the movie, and uh, I, it, I'll, I'll end up probably visiting um, fifty to seventy five different countries over the next two and a half three years, oh my. Uh, all all regarding Britfield, regarding uh, creativity, storytelling, the series, the importance of literacy and literature, and um, and then promoting the film.
2: Chad, when we come back, I want you to do kind of an overview of everything and uh, what all these different things. You even have uh, uh, cable TV shows in progress as well. But but, but before you do, because you're a believer and you know kind of the plight of what's going on in the world right now, and a lot of our listeners uh, have maybe given up on visions or uh, moving forward on things like that, it really is not the time for the giving up. In fact, it's time for your light to shine. Would you spend just a moment... Sure. Speak, speaking to or even praying over how, however you feel comfortable to our our listeners and saying the things that I'm doing can be an illustration and an encouragement for YOU. Chad, would you be so kind?
1: I would be more than happy to. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, now, now <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, Uh, I thought you were coming back. I apologize. No, um, it's interesting, too, because there's so much stuff out there to get you, frankly, distracted. And the enemy always works in fear and panic, and that's what he's doing. And and obviously the mainstream media is garbage, and we all know that. I mean, nothing. I mean, nothing nothing on it can be – can be watched or taken. And it's, and it's all, it's all for distraction. And and what I'm saying is, is whatever you've been called to, and you all have a calling, all of you do, and it could be small, it could be simple. And sometimes from that simple thing, think about my simple seed of a a doodle 12 years ago into what's become a a, a global empire in in, in literature film education. Are you kidding me? Um, But it doesn't really matter what it is. It's like just stay focused and have razor focus on that and don't get distracted and, and don't, don't worry about things that you cannot change. And I took Say that, that again.
2: Through. I need to hear that one. Yeah. I need to hear that one. Say that again.
1: Don't get concerned with things you cannot change. <laughs> now, now, if you've been called to politics, then, then get into politics. If you've been called to, to a local school board then make that your absolute razor-focused determination. But if not, don't get distracted by that. Oh, my gosh, listen listen to what's happening over here. Look at this so-and-so said and stuff. And all it's doing is upsetting you. It's getting you frustrated. It's getting you discouraged, which the enemy loves. He loves you discouraged. He loves you weak. And he loves you lukewarm. Oh, right now, we need to we need to have a spirit of fire, right? God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of strength, love, and sound mind. And I read that verse almost every day for myself. Oh, my. And I also read the verse about walking by faith and not by sight, trusting God. And so, that's been the foundation of everything that we're doing with this. If I were to look at the world right now, I wouldn't be doing anything.
2: Exactly. No, know? exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Because there's so many things that are taking your attention away from God and godliness. And God's saying, "I've got a plan, and if you." Uh, hear my voice and execute my plan we win quicker <laughs> and so I, th- I think god wants to stir you my listening friend to take whatever vision and innovation god has given you and move forward in it and god will give you people to your left and to your right to help and um uh, look out world and because god needs to have people showcase uh his creativity and uh, chad stewart yeah, is an illustration of it. that
1: Say this in cl- I, how much time do we
2: have, left? Well, zero. I'm gonna, we're going to oh, pick no up right. this okay. conversation at the other side of the okay. commercial break. Okay. How's zero? <laughs> <laughs> hey, my listening friend, we're going to talk more about these things and much more not only inspirational things for you, but also inspirational things that uh, Chad Stewart has in the mix when you talk about Britfield and the Lost Crown series when we come right back
0: this is come together san diego the live local show on k praise more come together san diego it's just moments away now back to come together san diego the live local show on k praise with kaz taylor
2: yes i am back and this is the last segment of the first hour it has been a Real pleasure chatting with and visiting with Chad Stewart. He's really one of the uh, major visionaries that will be an inspiration uh, to you. Uh, He has uh, the Britfield and the Lost Crown series, and that series includes literature. It includes uh, movies and plays and book tours and on and on and on and on. Maybe a few of the things that... uh, Chad has not even thought of yet. (laughs) Hey, Chad, I'm going to allow you to take this last um, segment here and summarize these things. But before you do, once again, would you give the website and also remind people about this play that's coming on very, very soon and how they can access that if they're in San Diego County?
1: Yes. Um, So yes, our our website is Britfield.com, it's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D, Britfield.com, and that has all the information about the Britfield series, and our books, and our school tours, and a lot of the interviews that we've done, television national, um, international radio interviews. Uh, And then now there's the uh, Britfield play, so it's the two-act play, Britfield Lost Crown, that's coming up at Mission Viejo Christian School.
2: Mission Viejo Christian School.
1: And uh, I would just um, encourage you to go to their website to get information. But uh, this is, this is going to be a historical event, truthfully. Um, this is the school that we've picked to, uh, to uh, pilot the first play. We're very excited about this. This is taking uh, what will eventually be potentially the most best-selling uh, children's book in uh, fiction, and we've turned it into a uh, 90-minute two-act play. It's exciting. It's fun. Um, it's all about family. It's all about friendship. It's just a really, really great um, event and play. I'll be there. I'll be there Friday. I'll be there Saturday. So I'll be there all the nights, um, talking with people, talking with parents, doing some book signings. Uh, it's really fun. So yep. Michigan and, Christian School, yep. um, October 14th, 15th, the October fourteenth, fifteenth, the twenty-first, and
2: twenty-second. And and more than a movie. I think I saw seven uh, movies in this series. I mean, please.
1: Yeah. So there'll be seven books, seven movies. Um, and ideally, um, uh, as we're, you know, eventually into the process of casting, it's going to be very critical to cast uh, actors. Um, uh, there'll be some, some, some well-known names that will mostly be British, um, actors, uh, for, you know, at least for the first movie, uh, we have some, um, some idea and some names for um, uh, Detective Gowerstone, uh, who's one of the main characters. Professor Hainsworth, who's just a wonderful classic character in book one. Tom and Sarah, that'll be two up-and-coming uh, British actors, and so we're excited about that.
2: And they're going to actually um, grow up on the screen from one to seven they series. They really will, and, <laughs> and, and I,
1: think, I think the way it'll be done is really as you kind of wrap one movie, um, uh, there'll be a break and then you're on to the second one, because there's already... Uh, we've given them three books, which is a great place. I mean, being at being at the point of a trilogy of the seven book series is really great. When I first came on your show, it was just book one, and that yes. was exciting. And I I didn't really know where it was going. And uh, and I I think at the time I was writing book two, and and then two years ago I started book three, and had no idea that book three would be 575 pages. Um, next month in November I start to outline book four, Bookfield and the Eastern Empire. But what's great is you've got you've got really five years worth of content to do three movies over the next five to six years. And then, and then, um, every 18 months to two years, releasing the new movie. So, um, it, it works to, to build it on that, um, trajectory, uh, trajectory actually. And you get to grow older with the kids as they age and stuff. No, so, no. so we're really excited about that. We're hoping to be filming mostly in England and actually using the country. I know in today's day and age, you don't necessarily have to, but I do like the. Yeah, um, I think it's big for Britain to host us for the film, to be filming at, at certain locations there, um, just because from a from a tourism aspect, from the authenticity of it, from having such an impact on on England with the movie. Um, you know, I've done these movies and picked these countries for my love of the of the countries. You know, I love England. I love the British sure. people. I love the history. I love the, the scenery, the architecture. Same thing with France. Same thing with Italy.
2: Oh, don't you and, just
1: love? Um, it? Yeah, and so, and so so to me, they're all celebrations of those countries. You know, I put it, I, I'm putting the countries in a great light, and uh, and so to be filming in those countries, at least mostly, yes, or, or a good chunk chunk of it. Um, will be important to this um, yes, yes. series. And I think it's just be fun because it would just build so much buzz. And eventually, um, we've even talked about it, but there'll be like the Britfield Lost Crown tours, which would be fun, like a 10-day tour starting up in Yorkshire, you know, oh, going my. to all the locations. And what's fun about it is it's real locations. Yes, you know? yes, it's yes. Not, it's, not, it's not Harry Potter and <laughs> Wizardry World yep, yep, that you yep. can't visit.
2: But, but, right? but, but, or, but wait, there's more. You also have uh, in the works a... Uh, a couple uh, Britfield cable shows in progress too. I mean, Correct. come on, yeah. so,
1: so we're <laughs> come on, Chad. Of, of two potential—I um, wouldn't say potential because they'll, they'll happen. So, two two television series. One one which I think would be a lot of fun is going to be uh, probably called you know uh, Britfield um, uh, with Lost Crown Weatherly, and so it's all about the orphanage and exactly oh how we sort of set it up. Um, it'd probably be pre Tom and Sarah um, time. Um, but uh, just uh, so much fun with all the inner workings of the orphanage and, and and the different characters and the kids and what they're going through and and what they get into and and um, just so many wonderful stories. There could even be some backstories on um, I love Dower Stone and, and Professor Hainsworth and some of other, uh, of the others. But I think it'd be such a fun, exciting series. I do too, I uh, do especially too. for like children, but it'd be fun for adults to watch too because it'd be entertaining. And it'll be very British. And again, too, it takes, <laughs> <laughs> takes place um, in present time, so it's not like it we're going back fifty years. And then the other one would be actually be the Britfields, and it yes. would be a wonderful uh, series. Think of the Tudors, if anyone watched that, or um, Rain, which was about uh, four, was a four season series about um, uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Yes. So there's been some some amazing, or even Rome. There's been some amazing, successful. Um, series, uh, that they've done with, uh, with history. And again, they're going back like five, 600 years. And so, uh, doing a series about the Britfield starting back, um, kind of from, 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 uh, uh, the Norman times, but really kind of expediting and working up through the Tudor, the Tudor era. Um, and then, um, and then the Stuart era, which is the era, era for my, my era, yes. that's my last name is connected <laughs> to that. And then, um, and then, um, the Windsors, Yes, you know, yes, yes. Queen Victoria, and then the name is eventually changed to Windsor. Which actually a hey, hey, Chad.
2: Thing. Hey, Chad. Yeah. yeah. We it's only good. have about a minute and a half left. Can you believe oh, okay. it? I mean, I knew this was going to fly by. Um, Always so h- h- how do you want to end this? Uh, you're, you're my co-host on this uh, one-hour sure. segment. Uh, uh, Program here on, on. We have a second hour coming up next, but how would you like to close this? We've got about a minute and ten seconds now. I'm going to hand yeah, it I would say to you and then close
1: just, it. I mean, from an encouragement standpoint, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are that are listening, that are that are frustrated or struggling, especially yes. frustrated with what's going on. And and I get it. Um, I do. And, uh, and 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 the news and the news is mostly designed just to just to frustrate you, dude, to to spread fear. And, and I just want to encourage you to focus. Focus on your family first, you know, focus on what you can do, focus on what you can accomplish and really find that that creative spark that God's given you and figure out what it is that he's called you to do. And maybe maybe you're already doing what he's called you to do, but he wants you to do more. Come on. Or to push it, push it farther. And, I, and I'll be honest, too. I had no idea. I go as far as I can see. And then when I get there, I can see farther.
2: Right? You're not gonna have, <laughs> what a profound you're not gonna insight! Whole,
1: yeah, you're not going to have the whole plan and God, how in the world am I going to pay for this and stuff? Just get out the front door, right? They always said the longest part of the journey is leaving the house. Just start that first step, and then and then you know at the end of the week I've taken ten steps, and then next week I've taken another twenty steps. The forty-nine, you know, you know you, you're walking miles, and that is really the way that it is. God, rarely if ever. Tells you exactly how it's all going to work out and then fills your bank account with all the money you need. It never is going to happen. No, no, that. no.
2: <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm yeah. so pr- proud and honored to have Chad Stewart on with me. He's really a visionary and he's on his way to perhaps the most awarded books in fiction. I mean, that's a big statement, but Britfield in the Lost Crown series uh, in progress right now, it's basically a, the vision which will transform not only literature and education and bringing it, to the encouragement of children and their families, but much, much more. My listening friend, God wants to do something big with and through you as well. Chad, thank you for spending time with us uh, on this broadcast. A remarkable story. You know, up next, I'm going to be uh, introducing, you know, there's a scripture in Hebrews that says, do not be forgetful to entertain strangers by doing so. Some have entertained angels unaware. I'm going to introduce to you and literally an angel We'll talk about what that angel word means, but an angel that I met at Avon's recently. And uh, then I'm going to tell you how God and why God is going to use America like you've never imagined before. And it's been throughout Scripture. I'm going to share that with you as well in the next next hour. Chad Stewart, thank you, my friend, for joining us. And Britfield in the Lost Crown series. Amazing. Thank you, Chad.
1: Thank you. Thank you so
3: much. It's
2: a pleasure. My listening friend, I'm coming back, and I'm going to introduce to you an angel. Yes, I am. And I'm going to tell you a story about how God throughout Scripture, and I'm going to show you the Scriptures, has uh, his vision on ministering in and through the United States of America. It's an encouraging point of view, and I'll be sharing that with you as well, as well as my angel, (laughs) when I come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, welcome back
2: to the second hour of Come Together San Diego. I don't think you will have heard an hour portion of the Come Together, show, Come Together San Diego show like this one. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you and transparent and even vulnerable uh, in this this second hour. And uh, I'm going to do a few things that perhaps you haven't heard me in... Uh, experience from me in the past. I'm a teacher, but I don't spend this Come Together San Diego broadcast show teaching. I I use this as an opportunity to to bring other people on to share what God has given them. But in a portion of this show on this last hour, I'm going to teach about some amazing things that I've discovered that's going to give you uh, encouragement and a great peace of mind about God's love for the United States of America and how he's not finished with us yet. But I, I tell you what, I, 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 being transparent with you, I've had a very difficult time of late, losing a number of friends. Uh, the most recent one was my sister, and having to deal with these things, and and having to uh, lead in uh, tr- being a trustee of an account and things like that. This is not me. This is not really who I am. And so I was uh, meandering into Avon's near where I, um, uh, I have my home and i was just dejected and down and i i just had to buy one thing i don't even remember exactly what that one thing was and i'm going god oh, i don't like what's going on here i don't think the world is going in a good way and uh, my life is a, a a challenging time i i just really don't know what to do god i feel abandoned in many ways i i just don't know what to do so i'm standing standing in the von von's line and a man a young man comes up behind me and uh, he gives me an encouraging biblical word about God and and, and God being present at any time. And, uh, and, and I said, "Are you an angel or something?" And because I was giving him a word or two back, and he goes, "I don't know. Are are you an angel?" Well, it reminds me of a scripture in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter thirteen. It says, "Let brotherly love continue." And be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. (laughs) And that was a scripture that came to mind when he was there encouraging me, and I realized that I needed to be an encouragement as well. And I want to bring this person on because we got to talking about some of the things that he does. He uses um, his skill set and anointing to encourage people. Some of it has to do with uh, writing poetry or quoting poetry or you know adjusting poetry for godly purposes his name is dylan sure and i i i said dylan would you like to come on the air and share this thing that happened with us but also share one of the poems that god has given you he goes yeah let's do this dylan are you there
3: I'm here. Can you
2: hear me? <laughs> I can hear you just fine. What a remarkable time I had in Vaughn's unexpected. So give a very brief Vaughan. overview of the interaction there, and I'm going to have you share some of the things that God has given you to share with other people. This, the, the, the lady who was checking us out, uh, she got uh, a heart full of information as well because Dylan didn't stop with me. He was encouraging everybody in the Lord, including our, our checkout lady. Anyway, Dylan.
3: Yes, I've actually been thinking about our interaction all week, and I wanted to start by saying, like, I'm not, I'm not an angel when I read scripture the people are <laughs> truly inspired by are the prophets, as well as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Thank and the you. people that are in the Bible, and I think that's who we aspire to be like, and I'm not going to say that when Jesus Christ makes his second coming, and that when there's a new Jerusalem and a new earth, that we won't be angels over that new earth in a higher realm, possibly. Sure.
2: Well, but yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not t- talking about technically angels, but you know, in, in the book of the revelation, it talks about the angel of the church of Philadelphia or Smyrna or whatever. Those were messengers basically. And I, I can say that you were a clear messenger uh, of God in, in my case. So we're not taking the words of angels as wings and things like that. These are messengers and you were a remarkable messenger. So thank you for that.
3: Yeah, I actually picked up something in that last segment, you know, something that I deal with every day is the sin that I've committed in my 30 years of life and repenting for that sin yes. and praising God every day. I've actually been in recovery for the last two years, and something really? that stuck out to me in that last segment was when he said about taking advantage of the things that you can change and not focusing on the things that you can't change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and too.
3: that sticks out to me for the serenity prayer. You know, I say that for every recovery meeting I've ever been to, it's normal for us to say the serenity prayer. You know, dear Lord, help me me change the things I can, you know, and the ability um, and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: Yes. Yes,
2: yes, I'm, yes. I'm a
3: bit, I'm a bit nervous. But no, like no
2: thing. need to be nervous. No need to be nervous. But you, I understood that you were a person who read poetry and adjusted poetry for godly purposes. You had a, a poem that you would like to read. We, we've got about three or four minutes. I'm, I'm telling you, Dylan. This, this, this program goes quickly, and the segments go quickly. But I wanted to hand the baton to you and uh, give you three or four minutes to declare about whatever the poem is you would like to share. And uh, I'll keep you apprised of the time because it's going to become the end of the segment soon. Dylan, sure.
3: This one I wrote a few weeks ago, and it's called Forever and After um, by Dead Prophets. And it's spelled P-R-F-I-T-S. Um, that's my stage name. So here it goes. Forever and After. Life's a maze, and I'm just reading the next chapter. Life should be peace and laughter, mind over matter, till the end when God replaces this earth with a chapel. When we've finally done away with this Tower of Babel, and we replace the violent with the meek and the ample. My flow never ends, and this is just a sample. Dear Lord, help me never again be complacent. Earth is just one dimension, and heaven lives adjacent. Life is just the first floor of eternity's basement. For too long, I've been kicking rocks on cement. Around every corner, the devil is waiting. His name was Lucifer, but you might know him as Satan. He has always played tricks with his temptation, but this, but the time is growing nearer. So now he lacks patience. Gathering his angels, he steers us away from repentance. God promised us eternity, but if you follow him, you settle for a life sentence, an unfinished expression. Your life will never reach the glory, only the pretense. God is great, but he shows no lenience. If you do not follow Christ, then it's fire and damnation. No parole, no litigation. Heaven is coming to earth, and I hope to see you at its gates. Christ will try to save you till the devil delivers your fate. Life is good, but it could be great. Seek the Lord before it is too late trials and tribulations are what we face follow the light that is god's grace hustle and flow and keep up the pace show patience this life is not a race i pray we are all headed to heaven that is celestial we were destined for the stars like extraterrestrials, born for eternity, so how could we ever feel in sequential? Love and wisdom, these are quintessential. I'm just trying to be healthy and balance my mental. My problems used to be exponential, now just a few before I reach my potential. I pray for strength as I pick up this pencil. Dear Lord, please make my life more than existential. Show me the road to happiness so that my life is not so temperamental. I feel that I am a victim because I care. I'm going to give this life my all, and if I have a next, I pray that my slate will be bare. Dear Lord, please grant me serenity and accept this prayer. Help me to repent until my white clothing I am ready to wear. I read my Bible every day, and I'm soon to bury my head in the common book of prayer, because I'm only ordinary, but this gift you gave me to rhyme is rare. I pray that I am ready to ascend to your castle in the air, but that it is centuries before I go there. Please guide your people through this spiritual warfare. Show me the way to forever. I've forgiven each and every transgression. Please write me in your book of life as the angel Michael gathers his ledger. I will not give up even as I boil under pressure. Please guide me to your forever green pasture. Sometimes I feel weak and eternity is just too much to measure. I'm going to need all my angels, but I'll make it with this one feather. I'll go alone, but I pray you'll take us all together. There are too many people that I care for. Life is hard, and I don't know what's getting worse. These people are the weather. Life can be short, but I pray that we will endure forever and after. Please help us, my Lord and my Master.
2: Wow. Andrew Dylan, Shure. You can understand, my listening friend, how I, me being dejected in this Vons in, in line to check out with one item, and this young man— Uh, standing behind me saw that I was a bit dejected and gave me encouraging words. And you can see how God will stir him to give encouraging words. You just heard uh, a poem that was remarkable. So, So Dylan, thank you for spending a bit of time with me on this first segment. My listening friend, this is a word for you. God has encouragements for you. Sometimes they will be the person behind you in line or there may be a person next door or a person or a license plate or a billboard or whatever it is, but God is not going to leave you or forsake you. So Dylan, I've got about 10 or 15 seconds before I have to go. Do you, do you have a very, now this is when I say 10 or 15 seconds, I'm serious. A quick word of encouragement for our listening friends.
3: Just uh, I want to encourage everybody to keep the hope and the faith. And I wanted to let everybody know that um the experience I shared with this man in the Vaughn's line, it was mutual, and he was exactly what I needed to hear, and I think this is exactly where I needed to be. So I just want to thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. And always keep the hope and keep the faith, because yes, Jesus yes. Christ will um, come one day.
2: Uh, do you have a, a a way that people can find out more about you, like a quick website or a quick email or anything like
3: that? You know what? I have an Instagram
2: Okay, why don't you lay that on me quickly, and then I have to take a break, Dylan.
3: Okay, Um, it's T-H-A underscore C-H-E-F underscore 619.
2: Very good. One more time quickly.
3: T-H-A underscore C-H-E-F underscore 619.
2: Very good. Dylan, thank you, my friend, and uh, God bless you. My listening friend, I'm going to take a break and then come right back. But you know something? God is encouraging us that he has plans for America beyond your imagination. Uh, I want to share with you some things that God gave me in Scripture, and it's going to amaze you because God gave us a plan for the United States of America before America was even formed, and it's in Scripture, and I'm going to share that with you in the remainder of this second hour. So I will be right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego. It's just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Here's
2: Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego. You're about to hear something that I don't do very often on this broadcast. Uh, Come Together San Diego, I have devoted to bringing people on uh, from different uh, uh, denominations, different biblical points of view, and having them Share their insights so that you can get a cross section as a listener of different points of view in the body of Christ so that you can bolster your faith and say, you know, I, I hadn't seen things that way, but now I'm going to put that uh, in my portfolio, and I may just have to adjust my doctrines a little bit to see something from another believer's point of view. And that's what my whole purpose behind Come Together San Diego would be, and that is to bring people together to uh, share their points of view to perhaps uh, cause each one of us to maybe adjust our preconceived notions into the bigger picture. So that's always been my heart cry for Come Together San Diego. However, (laughs) however, I I sense there's a great concern over the status of the United States of America these days. And uh, maybe some of you are even saying, is there even room for the United States of America continuing on with all the credola that's going on in uh, different facets of this nation you know, the abortion things and the government things and educational things and uh, uh, medical things and all these different things that are going on that in many ways are violating not only uh, uh, the Constitution but the Judeo-Christian values. And some of you may have have thought, is there really any room for America uh, in Scripture? And I'm here to tell you that God showed me A truth, and I'm going to spend the remainder of this uh, broadcast sharing with you about how I believe God has illustrated and is illustrating how the United States of America will be vital, vital, vital as God prepares the fulfillment of the kingdom and His coming again. I'm going to take you to a place in uh, Old Testament scripture in the book of Exodus. You know, there's a Moses uh, (laughs) has significant weight in the Old Testament you know the he he shared the the law of the law and the the spirit behind the law and he built a, under God's tutelage he built a, a a structure called the tabernacle of Moses now many of you will comprehend what the tabernacle of Moses was it was actually a tent structure to prepare for the uh, coming into Israel and the temple structure, but the tabernacle was the precursor to that. And Moses on Mount Sinai or Sinai uh, was up at the mountain and uh, God gave him a pattern, a type, a shadow, and a figure. And, you know, a lot of things were going on. And as Moses came down, there was the golden calf and all this kind of stuff. But when he was up there in Exodus chapter 25, God gave him a plan for the building of the Tabernacle of Moses. And I'm going to share some things with you, and uh, I'm going to take a break at the proper time, and we're going to go through the whole, till the top of the hour, I'm going to share this with you. But God, I believe, has overlain the Tabernacle of Moses over the United States of America to show his care for the United States of America and his plans uh, for the United States of America from now even into the future. And I'm going to share that with you. Now, the Tabernacle of Moses... It was basically uh, a, a structure, uh, uh, an actual worshiping structure, but it's also the stru- structure that the children of Israel camped around, they worshiped around, uh, and they ministered around. And, and it was remarkable. Um, the Tabernacle of Moses was a place uh, where you had the uh, outer court and the, the, the brazen altar. Many of you will know this because many of you are well-versed in things like that, but there was the brazen uh, uh, altar and then there was the brazen laver, and then you had different uh, pieces of furniture uh, from uh, from east to west, north to south. And let me just read to you uh, some scripture here. If you want to find out about the tabernacle of Moses, you can go to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, chapter 25, and you can keep reading through chapter 25 all the way to the 40th, the end of the 40th chapter, and this is going to give you a picture of God's plans that he gave Moses about building, constructing, and ministering through the tabernacle of Moses. I want you to pay close attention, because if you can get this, you can realize that God's plans were not only for yesterday, but today and for forever. So the Tabernacle of Moses, I'm going to to read a few scriptures about this, uh, about the Tabernacle of Moses, and then I'm going to share with you how I believe it is a picture and a pattern for the United States of America, and get ready to have your mind blown. In Exodus uh, chapter 25, there are a couple of scriptures I'm going to bring to your attention. One of them is in uh, chapter 25 of Exodus, verse 9, and it says, According to all that I show you, I want you to pay close attention to the patterns of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so you shall make it. In other words... God told Moses on the top of Mount Sinai, I'm going to give you instructions about the patterns of this tabernacle I'm going to have you build. I want you to pay close attention to it because I'm going to call you uh, to do this exactly as I have shown you. And then again, in the same chapter, chapter 25 of Exodus, at the very end, he says, and look that thou make them, the items, the, 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 the administrations, the items, uh, the articles of furniture, and even the sacrifices themselves. He says, make sure that you do them after the pattern which I have shown you on the mountain or in the mountain. And what God wanted Moses to do is pay close attention to how I'm going to present these things to you because they are going to be an illustration, a pattern, a symbol, a type, a shadow, a simile, a metaphor uh, of the things that I have planned for you In not only living a godly life, but also into the future, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes, that which was, is, and which is, shall be, because there's nothing new under the sun. So he told Moses to pay close attention as to the building and the building structure of the tabernacle of Moses, because those patterns were going to be impactful from that point even forward. And I have to tell you, as we get into this, I have, you know, I've done a lot of research in Scripture, and I have not found many instances where there's anything in Scripture I'm talking about, the First Testament, or a.k.a. the Old Testament, or the Second Testament, also known as the New Testament. I have not found any uh, doctrine or theme that is not represented in the Tabernacle of Moses. So Moses understood not only the offerings, but he understood the construction and so forth. Every single thing that was shown there to Moses was to be a pattern for then, the next day, the next century, the next millennia. And I'm going to share that with you as it relates to the United States of America now, I'm going to have to take a break in just a moment, but I, I'm going to give you just some art, the articles of the furniture that Moses was instructed about, and I'm going to show you how the United States of America, particularly the continental United States of America, is an overlay of the tabernacle of Moses and what this means for you, not only in the United States of America, particularly the continental United States of America, but, my friend, those of you who are residents of California. Tremendous news for you and I, that God has plans. Yeah, he's got plans not only for the United States uh, of America, but also, in particular, California. I'm going to share those with you, and we're going to talk about this when I talk to you about the the structure of the tabernacle of Moses, the, the brazen altar, uh, uh, the uh, brazen laver, the table of showbread, uh, the, the lampstand. The altar of incense. You you may recognize this if you're a studied Christian. You'll recognize this. And of course, the last place is the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and we're going to talk about those things and how that relates to a place called the United States of America. We're going to talk more about that and so many more things when I come right back.
0: This is Come Together, San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together, San Diego is just moments away.
2: This is Frank Harper, pastor in North County. We need more of God this time than we've ever needed him before. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
0: Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And Hello, my friends.
2: I'm uh, doing a little different uh, manner of presentation here on this uh, last. Uh, hour for come together san diego i know many of you are looking at the united states of america and what's going on in different entities of the united states and you go things have faltered in there and they're uh, going awry is there any hope for the united states of america in god's scripture and i'm here to tell you as i've looked into the tabernacle of moses you know uh there's when god said To Moses on the Mount Sinai, I want you to do these things exactly based on the pattern I show you on the Mount. Do not vary from this. And the purpose, I believe, was for Moses to build something that could have eternal value, that that, the the structures and everything else having eternal value. And so, um, I think it was probably in the early uh, 2000s that some Bible uh, teachers. uh, particularly that specialized in, you know, the structures of the Old Testament, like the Tabernacle of Moses, they began to see that the patterns of the Tabernacle of Moses, if you overlaid them upon the United States of America, and in particular the continental United States, from the east to the west and the north to the south, they were directly aligned with key pieces of furniture, if you will, in the tabernacle of Moses. And they realized that God had a desire for Moses to follow exactly the pattern that he showed him on the Mount, Mount Sinai, because that pattern was going to show itself in so many different ways. And one of the ways you'll be happy, uh, my people who are uh, residents of the United States of America, you'll be happy to know that he overlaid the pattern of the tabernacle of Moses atop the United States of America, and in particular, the continental United States of America. And I'm going to walk you through that here. And uh, many of you have a, at least a quasi-understanding of the tabernacle of Moses back in the day when Moses was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt towards the, and into the promised land. <clears throat> the tabernacle of Moses was a, a, a basically a tabernacle, a, a structure uh, that had different pieces of furniture that had different ministry uh Purposes. So, for example, <clears throat> on the east side of the tabernacle of Moses, you had a thing called the brazen altar. That was at the entryway of uh, the tabernacle of Moses, and that is where the sacrifices were slain. And then the next piece of furniture as you move from east to west in the tabernacle of Moses was called the brazen laver. That is the water source for rinsing off the sacrifices and even the place where the priests bathed. It was a remarkable place. And then beyond that, you had the actual tent itself. That was the outer court area. And then you had the the tent area. And the first elements in the tent were a table of showbread, where the priests uh, broke bread and they, and they, you know, they partook of communion and things like that. And there was tremendous uh, messages and ministry tied to the table of showbread. And then on the southern part of the tabernacle of Moses, the inner, uh, the the inner court area there was the lampstand, the brazen lampstand, where the lamps the lamps gave light to the the tent area internally there. And then as you headed. Uh, Westward, there was a thing called the altar of incense. And that's the place where they burned sweet smelling savers and smells that were appe- appealing to God and mankind basically. Uh, and then when you tra- traveled further, you came to a, 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 a tent area, a closure area, and within that closure area was a thing called the Ark of the Covenant. That was a golden Ark of the Covenant. And uh, each one of these things, God says, pay attention to what I'm showing you here because it's going to be a pattern for the days in the future. Well, I'm going to use this pattern that these Bible uh, extrapolators in the 2000s said, you know, there's a common denominator between the tabernacle of Moses there and the things that uh, God has Built into the United States of America. You know, God has two chosen lands, I believe. Obviously, the chosen land of Israel, but I believe that the United States of America was chosen, uh, chosen by the pilgrims and the people who came to the United States of America. They chose it for God. So these are two promised lands, basically, the United States of America and Israel, concurrently, and seeing how God overlays the tabernacle of Moses uh, atop the continental United States will make you amazed. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through this now, and I'm going to spend just a, a... a minute, a few minutes d- doing this overlay, and then the last segment, I'm going to tie everything together. But envision with me from the east to the west and the north and the south, there were pieces of furniture throughout that ultimately ended in the Holy of Holies. The outer court area was a place where the brazen altar was as you entered into the tabernacle of Moses, and this was a place where, the, it was the outer court, it was where the offerings were uh, of the you know the the sheep, the, the the lambs and and the goats and and and, and the doves and uh, the bull, bulls and everything were offered there. And I want to suggest something to you as you look at the United States of America from the east to the west and the north and the south, you will find similar entities coming to pass here. Now, <clears throat> in Moses' day, in the building of the tabernacle of Moses, the entryway to the uh, to the tabernacle of Moses was seen the brazen altar. Now, that was an area of the outer court, but it was also the entryway to the tabernacle of Moses. In the United States of America, the continental United States of America, on the east side, just like there was the brazen altar and the entryway into the uh, tabernacle of Moses, just like that, in the United States of America, on the east side was the entryway Into the United States of America. You had New York, uh, you know, and the Statue of Liberty and the entryway, uh, Ellis Island, and things like that. But one of the things that you notice as you're entering into the um, United States of America, there was a, 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 a Fire source, just like in the brazen altar, there is a fire source. In the, uh, in the United States of America, on the eastward side, the fire source, look at the, the Statue of Liberty and the, the torch that is burning there. there. There is something to be said about that brightness of the tr- torch as you enter into the United States of America and as you enter into the tabernacle of Moses, there's that brazen altar. And uh, that's kind of, I would identify that as, you know, the outer court area, the entering into the tabernacle of Moses, and the entering into America in the continental United States. Okay, so there's the first piece of furniture we talk about, the brazen altar, and that's on the far easterly side of the United States, also the far easterly side of the tabernacle of Moses. You got it so far? Well, the next piece of furniture that you experience in going into the tabernacle of Moses was a brazen laver. A laver is kind of like a washstand. It's like a big uh, brass tub. And uh, the priests spent time in there. Uh, it's kind of like a, a biblical jacuzzi, in a manner of speaking, to be cleaned and cleansed. Uh, in some instances, there's, the you know, the, the cleaning of the sacrifices and things like that as well. But the brazen laver was a water source. Now, if you go in the United States of America, what is an analogy of a something that's going on in the United States of America? What is a water source in the United States of America heading from the east to the west? Well, and oh, from the north to the south as well, where there is a thing called the brazen laver in Moses' day. There's the Mississippi River co- coming... Uh, from the uh, north and south, uh, and it's the most remarkable river, and it's actually actually the water source in the United States of America. So it's not difficult to see that that the brazen labor of Moses' day could be typical to the you know the Mississippi River coming flowing uh, north and south. The Mississippi River, remarkable. Okay, I'm going to spend just a moment because I've got running out of time here, but the next pieces of furniture will blow your mind as well. Remember that God told Moses, pay close attention to the patterns I'm showing you in uh, Exodus 25, chapter 25, all the way to chapter 40, and you'll see it uh, in Leviticus as well. You'll see it throughout the uh, Old Testament that God has given these patterns for us to pay close attention to. And how this is overlaying the United States of America is significant. It shows you that God has plans for the United States of America. So we've gone through the brazen altar, the entryway, as in the entryway as in New York City, for example, and uh, Ellis Island and so forth, and the Statue of Liberty uh, coming in, and there's the brazen altar Uh, facsimile, if you will. And then the Mississippi River was illustrative of the brazen laver. Now the next pieces of furniture are remarkable. In the north, heading westward, in the north is a place called the bread basket of the United States of America. That's where the wheat and the grains uh, have become known as the bread basket, uh, which is analogous, if you will, to the table of showbread. We have up there in the northern part of the United States, you have uh, Iowa, you have North and South Dakota, you have Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, all these different areas that are known as the bread basket, which is analogous to the table of showbread in the northern part of the Tabernacle of Moses. Similarly, the northern part of the United States of America, the table of showbread. Oh, but wait, there's more. We're going to talk a little bit about the thing that was on the southernmost portion, uh, below where the table of showbread was, and that was a thing called the lampstand. There was a lampstand, and this lampstand uh, was the light source uh, 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 for the entire inner uh, holy place. Not the holy of holies, but the holy place. And it was the enlightenment it was the empowerment, it was the... Uh, the, these, the the lampstand was embrightened by oil. <laughs> I guess you know where I'm going with the oil. When you head south uh, from the breadbasket, southward, you come to a place called Texas, and the oil wells there. I'm going to talk to you more about that, but also the other pieces of furniture that to me, proves that God has plans for the United States of America. It's time for me to take a break, but I hope I've whet your appetite and you can spend some time digging through Exodus 25 and dig through the map of the United States of America. You're going to be blown away. I'm going to continue this conversation when I come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego. It's just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on k
2: Welcome back, my friends. And I, I'm giving you a point of view here that's going to give you some encouragement about what God's plans for America is, when right now it looks like America is losing hope, you know. And, but I want to give you an encouragement because God's plan for America could be seen in the patterns, types, and shadows Uh, of things that God has showed to the children of Israel and beyond. Uh, And I want to share this with you. The tabernacle of Moses in Exodus 25 through chapter 40 illustrates the elements within the tabernacle of Moses. And God told Moses, you be very careful to do exactly as I've shown you regarding the construction of this tabernacle of Moses that I've shown you on the mountain it's a pattern it's a type it's a shadow and it was is a shadow and a pattern for things to come one of the things to come was the United States of America and the elements people in the uh, early 2000s began prognosticating about the, the tabernacle of Moses and the and, and, you know and the pieces of furniture and they said you know as you look at the United States of America particularly the continental United States of America. There's a direct overlay between what God did in the Tabernacle of Moses and what God did through this wonderful nation called the United States of America, particularly the continental United States. I've shared with you the brazen altar on the easterly side which is uh, analogous to the entryway to the Tabernacle of Moses, but also the entryway to the United States of America and the brazen altars where the all, uh, the sacrifices were burnt uh, a, a, a Torch, if you will, is the entryway to the United States of America, and that was on the easterly side. Now I'm going to what took took you to, to the next piece of furniture, was a brazen laver, which is the water source. I shared with you the Mississippi River running north and south, and that is the water source, one main water source in the United States. And uh, then I took you up to the northern portion of of central. Uh, United States, continental United States, called the breadbasket, a.k.a. the table of showbread. Uh, and those states include Iowa, uh, Minnesota, uh, the North and South Dakota, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas. You know, those are places where the breadbasket is of the United States of America. Then I close the last segment it's taking you southward, which would be a place called The lampstand in the Tabernacle of Moses days, the lampstand was embrightened by oil. What part of the United States is embrightened by oil? Well, of course, that's Texas and the surrounding areas that are prolific and have uh, the oil, which embrightens uh, America and American future as well. So that is analogous, if you will, the Texas oil wells and the surrounding oil wells with the lampstand in the Holy uh, in the holy uh the Holy place in the Tabernacle of Moses, now as we move westward, you're going to be pleased. The next thing you come to as far as furniture is the altar of incense. The altar of incense was a place that was uh, uh in burning had burning coals. The coals were uh met with certain spices that gave a very pleasant aroma as you entered into the far. Piece of furniture, which would be the Ark of the Covenant, but this was the area just leading up to uh, the Ark of the Covenant from the easterly heading westerly in the Tabernacle of Moses, and also in the continental United States. This altar of incense is is uh, coal is a, a main feature, and of course in Montana and Wyoming, and other areas in that part of the United States, is where coal is discovered. And it would be easy to understand or comprehend that as you take these beautiful spices and you burn those into the cold, this would be like a wonderful instance, a wonderful flavor, uh, savor in the nostrils of the Lord. So there's there is another piece of furniture, but I wanted to spend the rest of the time talking about those of you who are Californians, you have every reason to be hopeful because God overlays the tabernacle of Moses upon the continental United States in such a way as you get to the golden Ark of the Covenant, the golden Ark of the Covenant within the veil. That's What's analogous to that, of course, you know the gold rush and the uh, the actual discoveries of gold in the western part of the United States as in the Ark of the Covenant. My, my, my. And if you were to overlay the continental United States uh, with the Tabernacle of Moses, you would find exactly in the same place as you find the Ark of the Covenant in the Tabernacle of Moses, you will find the gold of California. And I want to suggest to you that the enemy knows how invaluable California is from God's perspective. And he's spending a big chunk of his time taking out, as best he can, California. He's got a government that is violating the Judeo-Christian values. He's got things that are happening that deal with the abortion issue. He's got so many different things that cause California to be a very major negative. But the truth of the matter is, in God's perspective, California is the golden state, just like The Holy of Holies was the golden location for the Ark of the Covenant. That's remarkable. And and I'll tell you something, my friend, as I overlay the the Tabernacle of Moses upon the United States of America, and in particular the continental United States of America, I have a tremendous amount of hope on what God is in the process of doing, not only throughout America, but also in California. If you're a West Coaster and you uh, live in California in particular, you know, it's easy for us to say all these cruddy things that are going on in this state. You know, the enemy knows that as California goes, so goes the nation. Well, God knows as California goes, so can go the nation as well. And I believe that there are enough people who have this priestly-minded mentality, the godly-minded mentality, the mentality of... uh, of the ecclesia, if you will, that want to stand for the godliness of of, the, of California, and we're making our stand. And it could be a voting issue that that transcends this, or it could be any one of a number of different things that God is going to restore, restore, restore California on the west coast of the continental United States. Ponder this, my friend. God told Moses, I want you to pay close attention to the things I'm showing you and telling you about on the Mount, Mount Sinai, because they are going to be patterns for you. And the scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, that which was, is, and that which is shall be, because there's nothing new under the sun. As you look at uh, the United States of America, in fact, the United States of America is uh, is a, a direct, uh, in direct uh, latitude, uh, latitude with the with the Israel part of Israel called Jerusalem so to me and in Jerusalem that was where the holy of holies was to be as well so my listening friend i want you to be encouraged that the united states of america overlaid with god's plans from millennia earlier showcased that the united states was going to be the land of the free and the home of the brave but also the land of the freedom and the freedom is seen in America. The freedom is to be seen in Israel as well. A lot of credola is going on in Israel and in Jerusalem. Now a lot of credola is going on in the United States of America, but God has a plan. He has a called out one or called out ones. Look in the mirror. My friend, I believe that you are among them. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in the patterns he's shown you and know that he has plans yet to be fulfilled of the United States of America because he has plans yet to be fulfilled in the holy nation of Israel and Jerusalem. My friend, I hope this is an encouragement to you to know that God has plans. He created these plans even before America was around as in the continental United States. He had these plans since the very beginning. So I want you to know and rest assured that God has plans for the United States of America, but is going to take in in the tabernacle of Moses took. Priests that were responsible for ministering to the, at the different pieces of furniture is taking the priestly point of view in California to make a stand for godliness, because as we make a stand for godliness, and I mean a serious stand, the ecclesia, the called out ones need to make a stand, vote Judeo-Christian principles, make your stands, go to School meetings, make your uh, presence known uh, at voting polls, whatever it takes. Make your stand, and God will honor that stand, because God will honor you, God will honor America, and God is in the process of honoring Israel and Jerusalem as well. My friend, it's time for me to go, and I hope you've been inspired by this. You can find out more about this by going to the archives, and you can find the archives by going to in, in your search engine, come together San Diego, and then you scroll down in a few days. This will be in the archives as well. My listening friend, reason for great hope for the United States of America and for Israel because God is God and his kids need to be his kids. And I'm talking to YOU. God bless you until next week. This is Cass Taylor for come together San Diego, saying, God loves you and he has great plans for you and this nation. See you soon. God bless.